morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. All right, that's much better. I'm feeling a little bit better about that. This week I had a chance to have a discussion with one of my children. And it went on for about five or ten minutes. It was just a great talk. You know, there's just some of those times where you're just on the same page. And we had a great little discussion. And, and then when we got through, I started to think and evaluate. If you don't know anything about me, I think way too much. I think all the time. And I'm an evaluator. I always evaluate. Some of the time, that's just because I'm, I'm sensitive and I know what kind of a person I am. And sometimes I can get in my own way. And, but I also, you've heard me say so many times before that you can't improve what you don't evaluate. And so I was evaluating this discussion with one of my children and I realized that I had fallen prey to what I normally do, that I, I talk too much. And uh, I know that surprises most of you in here. You're shocked. And I don't always listen real well. Those of us who have the gift of gab, that are called to be preachers, we have this tendency to talk too much and not listen too well. And so I realized that I probably hadn't been as sensitive as I could have been or should have been. And so I got on my phone and, uh, and texted one of my kids and just said, you know, I was thinking about it and and again, I think I probably talked too much and didn't listen well enough, and please forgive me. Because as I was rehearsing in my mind our discussion, I could then see again when my child began to start to kind of disengage. And I didn't read the, the signs of that during the discussions. I was too busy talking. And then I saw them begin to pull back a little bit, even physically, and then the discussion came to an end, and it was still a great discussion, and, and they thought so too, but I missed an opportunity for it to continue to go forward because I really wasn't very sensitive. I've entitled my message today, Become Sensitive to the Spirit. Become Sensitive to the Spirit. Let's pray. Again, God, we're grateful to have the gift of today, the gift of life, the gift of family, the gift of friendship, the gift of faith. We're grateful that we're here together and we just pray that You would right now prepare our hearts and our minds for what You have to say. Lord, use me, but don't let me get in the way. Please, God, by Your grace and Your Spirit, don't let people hear me. Let them hear you. And Holy Spirit, forgive us when we've been busy about our own agenda, like with my own child. When we're not listening real well. And when we cut short the opportunity because we're not as sensitive as we can be or we should be. Thanks for grace. Thanks for forgiveness. But also encourage and challenge us to be men and women of the Spirit. A church of the Holy Spirit that's sensitive to You, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Are you a sensitive person? Think about it for a moment. Are you a sensitive person? I'm sure some of you right now are going, 
Oh, no. Pastor Jeff is going to get emotional today. He's going to talk about emotions. He's going to talk about sensitivity. And some of you are probably saying, how do I get out of the auditorium without making a scene? Now hold on. Now hold on. I'm not asking, are you sensitive to other people? Are you sensitive to God's Holy Spirit? Are you sensitive to God's Holy Spirit? Now some of you are going, oh, there he goes again. He's always got to turn everything spiritual. My kids said that the whole life, whether we're watching a movie or just normal things. I'm always turning things spiritual. But isn't that what I'm supposed to do? Isn't that what we're all supposed to do? But especially the preacher, the, the guy that's supposed to be leading, to be an example of spiritual things. Isn't he supposed to be talking about spiritual, supernatural realities? So are you sensitive to God's Holy Spirit? Hopefully you haven't checked out mentally and you're with me. I think we need to think about this question. It's a very important question that we need to ask and to answer. You've probably heard and seen this in me. One of the keys to spiritual growth and spiritual maturity and to living above average is to evaluate, evaluate, and evaluate. Because as human beings, we can slip into mediocrity. We can easily get distracted and detoured, especially in this culture. Like I started off the service, you're talking with somebody, and then they get a text or a phone call. We have a a great propensity to turn to all of our distractions. So we need to keep evaluating with the Lord, evaluating with others, and evaluating inside of ourselves. A big part of Sunday morning. You know, I've been in this thing a long time and everybody has their ideas of church and what Sunday morning is supposed to look like, and I do too. But one of the things we're to do in my message is to help us evaluate in regard to God, in regard to our faith, in regard to the Word of God, in regard to love, in regard to how we care for one another, in regard to being a family of faith, how to uh, stir one another to love and to good works. It's a lot about evaluation. To grow into Christian maturity, to win the battle against the enemy in our flesh, and to live above average, we need to become sensitive to God's Holy Spirit. I would assume many of you would agree with me that we live in a very objective world, meaning that we're ruled oftentimes by our five senses. That's just seemingly normal and natural. And yet when we think of uh, Christianity, it's so often subjective because it's based on faith. It's not based on all the objective signs. It's not based upon all of our five senses. It's, It's supernatural in nature. It's spiritual. It's faith. And so oftentimes these two are in conflict. The objective and the subjective. The natural and the supernatural. Are you with me? 
And so that's why it's so vitally important is to have an authentic relationship with the Holy Spirit and to be able to let Him lead and guide us into God's best for our life. And there are countless churches in America, it's not as bad as it used to be, that people are, don't ever talk about the Holy Spirit. They're, they're scared of the Spirit. They've, they've heard things about the Spirit. They're afraid if they focus on the Spirit, you know, they'll swing from the chandeliers. We don't have any chandeliers in here. So we can talk about it because you can't get on one and swing on it. Or what about, well, maybe they'll drink some deadly poison. We don't have any poison here. We have communion next Sunday, but it's grape juice. Or what about handling the snakes? There are no snakes here. I don't like snakes. But sometimes when we talk about the Holy Spirit in our minds, we've heard of these charismatic Pentecostal experiences and we get afraid of it. We need to have an authentic, genuine, real relationship with the Holy Spirit that doesn't make us afraid, but causes us to want to know Him and follow Him like we've never followed Him before. The subject of being sensitive to God's Holy Spirit is really important. If you have your Bibles today, I'm going to encourage you to open it to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to read verses 25 through 32. And I want to tell you that I understand that this is a shotgun approach. What I mean by that is I, every Sunday, bring you, uh, uh, you know, six, seven, eight, ten verses, and I bring you six or seven things to think about. I'm not even hitting the subject, and, and I know some of you go, oh, God, I wish you'd just stop and pause and go deeper. Then we would be here for a couple of years looking at Ephesians, and I just didn't sense that was what... God's heart was so we're covering it fairly quickly and I and I know that but I also believe whether it be one or two out of six or seven may be something that God wants to do in your life it may not be all six or seven I'm not expecting that all of the points uh, uh, encourage or or stimulate all of you but I'm assuming and praying and believing that maybe one of them so I just want you to again understand uh, my purpose and, and my focus is to share a variety of things in these verses, trusting and believing that maybe even one of them might be captured in your heart and help you grow in your faith, in your walk with Jesus Christ. So Ephesians chapter 4, 25-32 says this, Therefore, putting away lying, each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. And don't give a place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Verse 29, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good for edifying and necessary for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking 
be put away with you from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, and forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Again, multiple points, truths, principles, but I want to highlight seven real quick. Number one, lies that often trip us up. You know, I believe Christians, when they gather in church, are some of the biggest liars I've ever met. Now, some of you are going, whoa, that's not what I expected him to say. But I believe it's true. This is what I mean. When we come here, we pump ourselves up, we smile, maybe we dress appropriately, we're positive, we're encouraging. How are you today, brother? Oh, sister, good to see you today. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not asking you to come in here with a long face and negative and discouraging and consume everybody with your problems. What I am saying, though, is sometimes we're not real. It's not appropriate at church to say, you know what, I'm really struggling. Gosh, this, is, this has been a hard week. And again, I know it's, a, it's very much fo- a forward focused and, and understand all that. But you know, there's nothing wrong with once in a while saying, you know, I'm really not doing that good. Would you pray with me? Or when you're with somebody and, hey, how you doing? Oh, everything's great. Well, now really, how is it? Oh my goodness, it was so hard. You know, just don't know what I'm facing. Well, can I can I pray with you? It's not go run and get the preacher. It's caring for one another. And again, I know we only have a limited time every Sunday morning. So really what I'm trying to say is so that we don't find ourselves lying to each other in one way or another, is that you find at least one other person in your life that's a Christian, that's a spiritual person that could be a prayer partner, and be genuine and real and honest with them. It might just be one. But if you don't have one, then you're living an independent life And really, nobody knows what you're going through. And in a sense, you're pretending. You're faking it. I don't think Paul was going that when the church was getting together, they were lying to each other. You know, I don't know that there was probably some of that were human, but I think he was understanding human propensity that sometimes we're not real or genuine. And you know me, we could have thousands of people here, and if we're fake, and we're pretending I'll never be a happy camper. That's just not how I'm wired. I'm still trying to always at 42 be comfortable in my own skin. But what I want to be is around people that are real. And again, I don't want us all to come in here negative and it's, it's all, oh my goodness, I don't need that. I'll get that in the world. But I don't want to tell, hey, everything's great. No, it's not. 
You know why? Because I know you. Not only are you a human being, I get your calls. I get your texts. I get your prayer requests. And that's great. I love that. I want to be involved. But I want you to be involved with each other. It's not just call the preacher. Boy, I got quiet in here real quick. Let's not lie to each other. I think that's a spin on this passage that I think has some application for us. Number two, control your anger. You see it there? Be angry and don't sin. Most human beings at one time or another have gotten angry. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I assume everybody in here can think of at least one time in their life when they've gotten angry. Anger is a real and a very powerful emotion. And my intent this morning is not to kind of pull it all apart and delve into it, even though I thought about that. We probably really do need to do a series on anger so that we can understand it better, because sometimes I don't think we even understand it. But that's not my purpose. My purpose today is to remind you and to warn you of how dangerous anger can be and how destructive it can be. If we don't manage and control anger well, we can transgress the line, we can cross the boundary into sin. The Bible says, be angry but don't sin. And how many of you know that when you sin because of your anger, it has devastating results in regard to relationships? Relationship with God, relationship with your family, relationship with friends and co-workers, relationship with neighbors, relationship even with yourself. How many of you know we live in a culture today that's filled with anger? It is. And, and there would be three million illustrations that would be here all day, but there was one that happened yesterday. I, I was out running, and, and uh, I was running northbound and because I almost got hit when I run the other way. So I want to see who's coming at me. And uh, I'm not too much of a man of faith. I'm a man objective. I want to see who's coming after me. And I'm running all of a sudden. I've got my earphones on and I'm, I'm listening to some music and I hear the hong horn and I see this truck and it comes up and it's so stinking close to this small little car. My assumption is that car pulled out in front of him and Man, he laid on the horn, and I mean, he was this close. If that, I tend to want to pump my brakes during that time. Anybody like than that? That guy would have hit him for sure. Now, my question is, how many of you have ever pulled out in, in front of somebody and only realized, oh, I feel so bad, I'm sorry, you, you were coming too quick? Meaning it happens to you. But how many of us are quick? Somebody pulls out in front of us, boy, golly, we lay on the horn. We get right up to him. Come on! Learn how to drive! Our culture is seething with anger. It's right on the surface. It doesn't take too much to set anybody and everybody off. Have you ever stepped back and thought, how insane is our world right now? Our culture. Oh my goodness! People can't be human without somebody wanting to take their head off! Don't believe me? Watch the political arena today and see if you see any anger that represents our culture. 
The Bible says what? Be angry, but don't sin. There is a line. Three, no vacancy is what I call it. Please uh, look closer at 26b and 27. Don't be, ang- be angry and don't sin. Listen, do not let the sun go down on your wrath or your anger. That means the day. Nor give a place to the devil. I think the reality that's being stated here is if we don't address our anger in a prompt and a quick and a decisive way, we give room to the devil. The devil loves it when you and I get angry and we hold on to it. And we don't deal with it quickly. Then he takes advantage of that and then he comes into the midst of that anger and builds division and resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness. It says, don't go to bed. Don't let the day go past until you deal with that. Otherwise, what a perfect opportunity when you go to bed angry. And guess what? You're going to go to sleep. And the enemy loves it when we're asleep. Especially spiritually, but even physically. Because then he can... Do his work. How many people break into somebody's house in the middle of the day when people are there? They sneak in when people are asleep. When they're not thinking about it. When they're not aware. When they can tiptoe in and not be seen. I want you to think about that. It's so easy. And I think that's why sometimes at the end of the day, the enemy loves to create either the tension or to remind people. They're getting ready to go to sleep and they think about, gosh, I can't believe what they did to me today. I can't believe what they said to me today. And he stirs it up right before we go to sleep. And if we don't surrender it and give it to the Lord, we give six, eight, ten hours for the enemy to go, great, just what I wanted. They're angry. And while they're asleep, I'm just going to go ahead and And just stir it up. He doesn't take any time off. You might go to sleep, but does that mean he stopped? Is the enemy sleeping too? So I believe when you deal quickly and abruptly with your anger, it's not easy, but when you do that, you put a sign out front that says, no vacancy. No room in my heart. You're not welcome here. Stay away, my precious friends. We all need to put a no vacancy sign out in front of our life by dealing with our anger before the sun goes down. Four, watch your words. You see it there in verse 29? No, let no. It doesn't say some. How many of us like to interpret the Scriptures the way we want? Let some corrupt word when it feels like it, when they make me mad, when I'm hacked off, when I'm having a bad day. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. The word corrupt corrupt means unhealthy. 
not aligned with truth and destructive. Don't let any word come out of your mouth that's unhealthy, not aligning with the truth and that's destructive. It could be cursing. It could be demeaning. It could be negative or negativity. It could be accusatory. How many of you know it's so easy to let our mouth run amok? It's so easy to open up and... I think a lot of it, we love to share our opinion. We have a right. Don't you understand? I have a right to share my opinion. Whether it hurts you or anybody else, it's my opinion. I'm an American. I'm a card-carrying American. I can share what I want because it's my opinion. But if it's not healthy, see... I don't tend to struggle with cursing. I know a lot of people do, and and that's just one that I don't struggle much with. But I can struggle with negativity. I can struggle because of my type A driven, idealistic personality to be accusatory. And sometimes I've, I thought, well, I've read that. Well, well, I don't cuss. I just don't struggle with cussing, so I'm fine. I read on to the next verse. It says, "No, let no corrupt. It doesn't just mean cussing. What about negativity or, or demeaning or accusatory? If you want to see where this is not playing out, it's in the political arena. Let no corrupt, unhealthy, demeaning, not aligning with the truth, negative word, proceed out of your mouth. What would have been different at the RNC and the DNC if only one verse would have been practiced? I know that's not our world, but that's why we should be on our knees. Oh, God, have mercy. Do you see what's representing America? Some of you say, oh, he's going, to go to, he's going to go to preaching politically. Some of you go, oh no. Some of you are going, go get him. Friends, it's our opportunity and responsibility as Christians at home, in our workplace, when we're out just hanging out with the guys or the gals or coming together, that no corrupt word Though I don't cuss, I can get with some guys and boy, I can share my opinion. But if it's negative and accusatory and demeaning, do I get myself off the hook? I'm really challenged by this because you know I'm a talker. And I like to share my opinion. And I was very much convicted that the word corrupt just doesn't get me off the hook because I don't cuss. Christians, let no corrupt word Come out of your mouth. Let's not, let's not take our example from the political arena today, my friends. Just because they do it doesn't mean we should do it. And just because they do it doesn't mean we should do the same thing on Facebook. I've gone to preaching. I want to say to every Christian out there, be careful using Facebook as your political feelings. This week I saw Christian people get angry and divide because they both posted something 
contrary, opposite to each other on Facebook about the political arena. Oh, don't fall prey. If you have an opinion, have it to yourself. Don't publish it on Facebook so that other Christians who disagree with you or have a different view can be offended. Did I go on to preaching? How was that? It was pretty good, wasn't it? Okay, better go on. Sensitivity to the Spirit. You see that there? Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. This is an important verse. The Bible first makes it very clear that the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is a person. He's a personality. He has feelings and He can be grieved or hurt. The word grieved here in the New Testament means to ignore, disregard, or reject with the result of sadness and stepping back from. You know, if you're not sensitive to a human being, if you disregard them, if you ignore them, if you reject them, you can make them sad and they can step back from a relationship. Do you know that's true of the Holy Spirit as well? That if you ignore Him, you disregard Him, you rebel against Him, you reject Him, he can become sad, and guess what? He can step back. I'm not saying He's leaving you, but He can step back from you. When we're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit, we put ourselves and everybody else around us in jeopardy and danger. Do you realize that? It's so important. His job, His role, is to lead us into all truth. And when we grieve Him, we're shortchanging His ability to lead us into the truth. I had several experiences this week as I was preparing for that, and I really need to get on here. But there was a a thing that I I, I just really wanted to do in regard to another human being. I just really wanted to... I didn't think it was malicious. It wasn't mean, but but I, I just felt I needed to do it. And I just sensed in my heart, no. And in that objective brain part of me said, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sinning against them. I'm not really being negative. And da, da, da. And, but I'm going to do it. And I kept sensing, no. 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 That wasn't my personality. That wasn't Jeff in control. I believe that was the Holy Spirit going, don't do it. Don't do it. Even though in my mind I rationalized, do it. Don't do it. Do it. Don't do it. Yes, I went and saw a counselor on Thursday. I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> I didn't do it. I want to be sensitive to the Spirit. I'm glad I was on this subject at this time. My friend, are you sensitive to the Spirit? I also had a situation that I did not want to do. I did not want to do it. Did you hear me? I did not want to do it. And I sensed the Lord say, do it. I sensed the Holy Spirit say, do it. No, I don't want to do it. You know what my mom would do when I tell her that? (laughs) Come here, boy. (laughs) Do you have that ability, a relationship with the Holy Spirit, that when your mind says, I want to do it, but he says, don't, you don't? Or when in your mind, you don't want to do it, but he says, do it, you do it? 
let's not make it too complicated. It, we don't have to have smoke and mirrors and woo doo doo. He's inside of you. He's talking to you. He's your helper. He's leading you. He's guiding you. He's guarding you. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. If you don't know how to do that, and I don't have time to go, just simply say this prayer today before you go to sleep or maybe a couple times. Holy Spirit, help me be sensitive to You. And I don't have time. People say, well, you shouldn't pray to the Holy Spirit. Oh gosh, I could preach on that one. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I do believe that we do pray to the Father through the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. But come on. He's God. Personality. If you can grieve Him, you can have a relationship with Him. Just cry out and say, Holy Spirit, help me to be more sensitive to You. Great prayer. Great prayer. Pray it every day. Holy Spirit, help me to be more sensitive to You. Okay, I've got to get rocking and rolling. Two more. Get rid of these items. The last two verses of Ephesians 4 and... Dylan, get ready to come on up, bro. Uh, the last two verses of Ephesians chapter 4 tells us some things we need to get rid of and some things we need to add. And so, in verse 31, I'm not going to go over all this, but I encourage you to take a look at it and, and look if there's anything that you're struggling with there and be able to deal with it and get rid of it. It might feel normal and natural, but these things in verse 31 are like cancer to our spiritual journey, our spiritual growth. Go ahead, Dylan. Come on. Go ahead and come up. It says, let all bitterness. You know, there's just as much bitterness inside the church as outside the church. I know as many bitter Christians as I know bitter non-Christians. Huh? Let all bitterness and wrath. That's taken anger way too far. Anger, clamor, evil speaking. Just because it doesn't seem malicious doesn't mean it's not evil. <laughs> like I said, it might be accusatory or demeaning or not full of respect. Put these things away from you. These are temptations. This doesn't make you bad if you're struggling with this. It makes you human and a Christian and in the, in the battle. It's because you're fighting for what's good and the enemy is going to try to use these things against you. So if you have any of them, take them to God and get rid of them. And then the last one, verse 32, these are things you need to add. These are some positive actions. Let them increase and abound in you. Be kind to one another. Gosh, when I get on my high horse and I get my own agenda and uh, I get in my own little world, I, I'm not always as kind as I need to be. I'm a driven, goal-oriented, go-get-it kind of a person. Let me be kind. Tender-hearted. How female does that sound? When I read that, tender-hearted. Yeah, that's, that's for all them ladies out there. Me and John Wayne will do it the other way. Look at Jesus. A man of all men. Lion of the tribe of Judah. Man. Talk about a man. He's tender hearted. Tender hearted. Forgive one another. How hard is that? You know what? I'm going to let you down. Not because I want to, but because I'm human. And guess what? You're going to let me down. And guess what? You're going to let each other down. 
guess whether you're family or friends or neighbors or in a community in our world, we're human. We're going to blow it big time. We're going to pull out in front of somebody. Even if we don't want to. So my friends, through all that's being said, all the other points to it still comes down to being sensitive to God's Holy Spirit. Are you a sensitive person? Are you sensitive to the Holy Spirit? So during this next song, we kind of wanted to have this as more of a ministry time since it's a new one for you guys. Don't feel like you have to sing the words of this song. If you feel like sitting and just praying and welcoming the Holy Spirit in your life, um, that's okay too. So we just wanted to use this time to welcome the Holy Spirit. And this song happens to be called Holy Spirit. And uh, we thought it would just go with it. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and Your presence 
experience the glory of your goodness that I speak of more aware of your presence that I speak God's heart for us today individually and as a church is that we really will make it a quest to be sensitive to His Holy Spirit. I understand there's a lot of aspects and a lot of details about that, but it starts just first with an open and willing heart. Go in His love. Go in His grace. Go in His power. Praying that you'd be sensitive to His Holy Spirit this week. Praying that our church should be open to His Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit that is our helper and that leads us into all truth. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.